0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com bluewire. That's harrys.com bluewire for a $3 trial set.
1: Hello and welcome to Here's Where I Went Wrong, the podcast where every week we have on one of our favorite comedians to talk about one of their favorite subjects in pop culture, history and sports. And then we trace its history to find out exactly what ruined it. Andrew, what are we talking about today?
2: Well, this week we are talking about the legacy of LeBron James from the decision to the return to his three championship wins to his four MVP wins, and finally, where it all went off the rails. I'm excited about this one. I had to learn stuff that I knew nothing about. This was fun for me.
1: Yeah, the moment the topic came up, and like you were just like, is this something that we could actually do an episode on? And I was like, yeah, I think we have enough to cover an hour about LeBron James. Look, I
2: have a very easy time researching history. It's the culturally relevant things that challenge me, because it's like, okay, I can get into facts but I have to understand why this is important. And apparently that's a very challenging for me. Well,
1: today you're going to hear a lot of opinions yes, about right. LeBron James <laughs> for
2: me. <laughs> yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. It was fun to research. I mean, I looked at his history. I looked at the stats. I read a lot of numbers. One of them was seven, I think. So I'm good to go.
1: Okay, so great. You got the number seven and we'll figure out later. Guys, uh, keep listening. We're going to figure out where the number seven apparently comes in in all this hard research Andrew's been doing. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the comedian though that chose this great topic guys i'm so glad we have him on he has a comedy album out called girls don't twerk to jokes one of my favorite titles i've ever heard you can watch it on youtube uh you can listen to it on spotify he also has a podcast called Clowncast, uh which is out and please uh if once you're done subscribing to this one immediately then hop over subscribe to that one it's called Clowncast. uh the very funny niles abstin niles how you doing man
3: I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's, I feel like this is going to be really
2: fun, so I'm excited. Oh, this is going
1: to be a great time. This is the best yeah. part of my week every week.
2: Hey, I love it. <laughs> so we're very excited about this. Also, I know you and I talked before. Your album was so good. Uh, I, I got to work with Niles on Cabin Fever, and the set was you know, as good as it always is, but this album – came you recorded it before quarantine but you dropped during quarantine and from what i've heard it's been doing amazing i mean i've listened to it of course and it's incredible
3: thank you so much yeah we uh dropped it on may 1st i shot it the day before my birthday on february 15th so it's just been kind of really fun to have something to put out because i feel like it's like stand-up comics it's not really something that's so digital it's something you do at night in sad places with other comedians every night <laughs> And so you tell your friends, like, I'm funny. I swear I'm funny. And, like, your family doesn't really know what you do. So, like, to be able to put out an hour of jokes is really fun because most people that know me, that was their first time ever seeing me do stand-up is watching it on YouTube. So, like, that, and I've gotten, like, a lot of new people that follow my comedy now just off putting something out. So if that's anything I can encourage comedians to do is just put some shit out there, you know.
1: Shows good taste on their part if they're following you now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good (laughs) album, guys.
2: Thank you. Which, I mean, by the way, for any non-comics listening, like, first album is rarely that great. I mean, this has been doing really well, and for now to get the response he has, which is so 100% deserved, please go go check it out and listen, because uh, it's incredible. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Congratulations for doing so well, and for all of your friends, apparently learning <laughs> this is what you do and you're good at it.
3: My friends found out I was funny, so that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh tell us about
1: Clowncast.
3: Yeah, that's a uh, it's been just kind of like a really fun uh passion project me and one of my best friends, uh Harper Rose Drummond. She's a really funny comedian too. We just figured like our dynamic would be really funny on a podcast, so it's kind of crazy like some cool things have already kind of happened and, and opportunities from only doing 8 episodes so far, but we were like going to wait till the pandemic was over, but who knows when that's going to happen. So we were just like, let's just do this shit on Zoom and see what happens. And it's been really fun. But yeah, we just kind of talk about things that we did this past week we make fun of each other and we like pull up old tweets from each other and ask us like ask each other like what the fuck were you thinking when you said this shit (laughs) so yeah we just we just have a good time every week and people are really liking it so
1: you're eight episodes in but you already got uh roy wood jr as one of those eight episodes so you're killing it
3: that was our first guest we had to bring in the big guns on the first guest so We, I, had to, I had to call in my favor So called in Roy So,
1: yeah, I will say as people who also started a podcast During the pandemic It's probably the best time to start a podcast Because the comedians you want on aren't doing anything
3: They're not doing yeah. shit <laughs> It was perfect Like to be able to call up a dude that's on TV Usually on TV every day And be like hey what are you doing on this day and He's like nothing Like that'll probably never happen again He's one of the busiest people in comedy And I got him free for an hour So that was good <laughs>
2: incredible and yeah i mean you're absolutely right I, I think it was only recently that i learned i can just ask people like before like okay i probably have to call in some favors and pull some strings and then i was like man we we're just sitting around we all want to be performing as much as possible we can't go outside <laughs> we'll do the show
3: yeah and then you know every every comedian wants to talk about themselves oh 100 percent who doesn't want to do that for an hour so
1: exactly why were we <laughs> nervous when we could just like literally dm almost any comedian that was like you want some attention, and they're like, "Yes, give it to yeah, me. Yeah, Please, if, just give me the shit, attention."
3: If, if Dave Chappelle had a Twitter, I would have shot my shot a long time ago. <laughs> trust me.
2: And and for this episode, we of course are getting into sports, specifically LeBron James. So, what made you want to cover this topic?
3: Oh, um, because I think LeBron is like an anomaly in sports because we have so many documentaries about kids that had a lot of pressure put on them or like their parents really pushed them in sports or they were famous at a young age and the shit doesn't work out. Whereas we have this guy who, I mean, LeBron is what, like 10 years older than me. So when he was 15, 16, I was a first grader seeing him on magazines and seeing him on TV. So he's always been like this superhero to me kind of. And to see somebody who all that pressure has been put on him and he literally like did better than what most people say like people try to give lebron a lot of shit but i can guarantee you a lot of those people who were scouting him and all everything he's done so far and still gonna do i don't think people really saw this coming
1: i mean if you go into like the start of his career in high school he averaged 21 points a game in high school went an undefeated 27 game season and a state title that was his freshman year ninth grade Like just the thought, like everyone immediately, I think he was on Sports Illustrated. It like I think he was like a sophomore.
3: Yeah, I had I had the magazine at home. I think I was like six years old and I had the magazine.
1: Yeah, he was a sophomore. It was, it was he was an underclassman who graced the pages of Sports Illustrated. The cover of Sports Illustrated. Cover. He was seen as the next. Like he was given like the crown of you are the next coming of Jordan before he left high school like before he became a senior
3: imagine not even being able to drive yet and people are calling you the chosen one like that's <laughs> that's crazy like people give me compliments on my comedy special and i feel uncomfortable and I'm a, I'm a grown man like the dude was 16 like he hadn't even gone to prom yet and people were telling him you're gonna be a hall of fame nba all-star like what Like, that's crazy to me.
1: He was named Ohio Mr. Basketball and was selected by USA Today as, like, first team in all of high schools in America as a sophomore. Like, that is the pressure of that. He was Ohio Mr. Football the next year. That's another thing about LeBron James is he was also a wide receiver in high school. And his proportions are not that of a wide receiver. He is he is a big guy. He he has the long arms and everything that you want to res- in a wide receiver. But, like, if you listen to NFL coaches, they're like, yeah, this guy could have been a tight end in the NFL if he wanted to. He
3: just didn't want
1: to. Like, he just didn't want fucking to. fucking
3: insane. <laughs> that's some people's one dream. And he was just like, I'm, nah, I'm cool, man. I don't want to do that. Like that's crazy to me. He could have rolled
1: the dice on two separate professional sports and he just chose the one he could make more money on longer.
3: Right. <laughs> I mean, 17 years and still be the best player? Like I, I cuz I I really feel LeBron's been the best player in the league since at least 2007.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to definitely get into it. I'm trying to we're like going to we're going to try to go in order as much as we can, but guys, if you have any like sports not like Andrew, tell me before we even started this. LeBron James, what did that conjure in your head before we start throwing out his whole history?
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm actually aware of this, which, as all our listeners know, is a rare thing for me if it's sports-related, <laughs> that that the the debate here over Jordan and LeBron and the fact that lately it seems to be tipping more and more towards LeBron. I remember years ago, it seemed to be very heavily like, oh, but we don't really know. And now it seems very much like, yeah, come on, he's just the greatest. And that this was a name that I recognized that I knew where to go to find information was a big thing for me. So this, this was fantastic. This was what I was excited to cover. And uh, also that that he is really just beloved. Everyone that talks about him speaks of him so highly in pretty much any term. And that's wonderful to see that there's someone that, yeah, like – there's got to be something you're bad at right but so far we haven't seen the find about it
3: that's always the craziest thing about him when you really look at his life it's like the people that don't like him usually don't like him because he just beats their team like it's not because the person like you don't hear somebody be like yeah LeBron's an asshole or you don't you don't hear stories about like kids being like yeah he came to our school and it was a horrible time and it's like not only does he come to schools he creates schools for a low income family like this dude <laughs> I, like is he a robot like I don't understand like it, it, he he's just uh, it's it's unfathomable sometimes like he just he amazes me but like, I, I don't i don't understand
1: he's he's absolutely i mean we're going to get into I, i'll get into a little bit into into why some people might not like him because we'll we'll hit the Miami period as
3: we go the villain the villain the villain era
1: like people people have tried to paint him in a bad brush even before he went pro they made a big scandal and you know it's a little sketchy but his his mom went And uh, pretty much took out a loan to buy him a Hummer for his birthday. With the understanding of, I can pay you this loan. My son is about to be an NBA superstar. (laughs) And apparently that's not cool if you're an
3: amateur. (laughs) It's really interesting the rules that are put on amateurs. Like we've seen this kind of like with like LaMelo Ball's pathway to the NBA. It's interesting like the parameters around it. Because I I think there was also somebody giving him some jerseys. and uh that apparently was against the rules and all this other shit and so it's just like one of these things it's like okay if this kid is a famous popular athlete and he's not being paid to play sports yet you can't give him stuff And I think that's crazy because if some kid was winning spelling bees all the fucking time and had a full ride to Harvard and I bought him a car or bought him a basketball jersey, nobody would think anything of it.
1: I completely agree with that. It's also wild to me because he didn't play college basketball.
3: No, it was always known he was going straight to the league.
1: Yeah, this was this was not like an NCAA, you know, which is a terrible organization as far as, you know, how they treat those kids. But like, right. It wasn't even that like this is just like they like had this whole controversy happen for someone who was just like, yeah, well, what rule? What are you going to do? The Ohio High School Athletic Association is going to punish me with what?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, can you imagine being an 18 year old kid? And being like, no, I've got to turn down the car my mother gave me. None of this was unreasonable, and it seems very much designed to to be a we don't want you making money until we can get a cut of that money. Exactly, that's exactly what it is.
3: You don't have an agent yet. We we don't like this. Yeah, it's like a a you know
1: Wiseman last year who Wiseman now plays for the Golden State Warriors. What happened with him? Quick rundown penny hardway who now coaches the memphis tigers before he even coached them he was friends with the family and gave them uh some money to help them move from nashville to memphis so that he could play for penny hardway not illegal to do that the problem was he later became coach of memphis wiseman went there and then they were saying oh no that that was a gift from the school to him to go to the school and like it's just like why, why go out of your way to punish a child?
3: Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. And my thing is, let's say it, it was a gift from the school. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, it's just, it, he helped a family. Like, he was James Wiseman's, like, childhood hero. And he was, like, the mentor and everything. And so it's just like that he was just literally helping them out. And then he happens to coach at, the, like, he just happened to coach at the college a few years later. So that whole scandal was just kind of ridiculous to me. Cause, yeah. like, we know what all these schools are doing behind closed doors. And to, like, pick on something like that where he literally helped a family friend was wild to me. And they, they ruined, they took a whole year of basketball from that kid. Like, that, that was crazy.
1: And guess what? Now he's only very highly paid as the number, like, three pick in the draft, I think. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of the draft, so. LeBron goes, has this stellar high school career. I'm not sure even if you could say that it has been matched since like, and so he has all this pressure going into the 2003 draft and the, the ping pong balls fall in a way that I hate because (laughs) (laughs) I am a Memphis Grizzlies fan. We were historically a bad team during (laughs) the early two thousands. Just, just awful. And so that draft rolls around and the ping pong balls fall, and the Cleveland Cavaliers get the number one pick in the draft. And therefore, like, we were kind of robbed of what would have been our pick. Like, it would have been our pick.
3: Who did the Grizzlies end up getting in that 03 draft?
1: Oh, man. Uh, if I it, Marcus Banks. We had Marcus Banks.
3: Wow. Oh, three might have been like one of the most stacked draft classes ever, too. So that sucks that y'all left with Marcus Banks.
1: I mean, just off the top of my head, you got LeBron, you got Carmelo, you got Chris Bosh. Wade. Wade. Yeah, Wade was in that draft. And I feel like there was another person a little deeper. Anyways, that draft was absolutely stacked. And Memphis, being Memphis at the time, managed to find the worst person on it, which, you know, (laughs) classic move for us back then. But Cleveland gets the pick. And they get their hometown hero. Like LeBron does not have to leave Ohio. He is going to the Cleveland Cavaliers.
3: Northeast Ohio. Yeah, I feel like it was the same county too. Like I think Akron and Cleveland are like in the same section in Ohio. So.
1: Oh yeah, no, they're they're close together. Like this was kismet. This was fate. And you know, you you want LeBron to play for your team, but like, let's face it. Like, as far as like, I I like I like a good story, and you can't beat the story of LeBron getting drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers.
3: That draft also shows you how bad of a franchise Cleveland is. Because that tells me, if you didn't get this once-in-a-generation talent in this draft, you never would have won. Never. As <laughs> soon as LeBron left, they won 22 games the next season or some shit like that. Like, I think the the heat, the heat first year he was on the Heat, they lost less games than the Cavs won.
1: He joined the Cavaliers, and they immediately had an 18-game improvement. He finished that season, his first season, with 21 points a game, you know, averaging 21 points a game, five and a half rebounds, 5.9 assists. He came in as highly anticipated and he matched expectations. He won rookie of the year. He was incredible. He was LeBron James out the gate.
3: Ohio state really wanted him to come play one year, like really, really bad. Of course they did. <laughs> yeah. And he always says like, if I went to school, I went to, a, I went to Ohio state and it's wild to me. Like this dude averaged 21, five and five in the NBA as an 18 year old, like what would he have done to those college kids? Like, oh, man. As a like we saw what Zion giants. Zion did like LeBron probably would have averaged a triple double with like 35 points in college.
1: <laughs> he, he just he, I mean, he flexed all through high school. So like, why not carry yeah. that over to like yeah. the slightly better competition in college?
3: Exactly. Slightly better. Because if, if you watch like some <laughs> college basketball, that shit is really bad. And it gets really sloppy in those last two minutes.
1: People who love college basketball over the NBA, I don't get it. And you, I guess you have to go to a like you have to go to like a Kentucky or like yeah a, or, or like a mid two thousands Memphis like of some kind of like great program like that for you to be able to watch through like just this sloppy like terrible basketball.
3: What's the terrible? The what they always say they just they just play with more heart because they're not playing with money. Oh, man, shut the fuck! They shoot twenty seven percent from the field, bro. <laughs> yeah if i have
1: the chance to like if my performance is based on me getting millions of dollars i'll play better in i'm gonna play
3: better (laughs) right (laughs) i'm gonna play (laughs) way better there's a reason they're paying me to do this shit
2: those guys are just getting sweats when had mentioned the 18 game improvement in his first year just to, to show how much that was they finished the season 35 47 I mean the massive amount of room that was. they were still bad terrible. They were the year before, right? To still be terrible, but <laughs> they didn't
3: even win twenty games the year before. LeBron came,
2: right? Well, that's it. I mean, you—you you, he doubled their win record, and realizing how—I mean, that's still a terrible year. But to double a win record with basically one new player is one new eighteen-year-old. This kid is absolutely incredible,
3: and no help because that—that team was awful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to think who was on that first team. I, I think Carlos Boozer was on that team. I think that was like the next best guy. And that was kind of where they fucked up because they wouldn't give Carlos Boozer that deal to stay. So then after that, the team got even worse.
1: People weren't like going, oh, you know who I want to do? I want to do a super team in Cleveland. Nobody was, you know, (laughs) this is early 2000s basketball. The teams themselves were responsible for like making those formations. It wasn't the players being like, well, where can I go to get a ring? Which it is now, which, once again, because of LeBron, we're going to get into.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get to that conversation.
1: Andrew, you want to take us to uh, the next the next season or the next uh, kind of stretch here?
2: I mean, the next stretch was really 2004 to 2008. I mean, he gets his first All-Star Game selection in 4 05. He's He's amazing right away. And as I went through these numbers, the thing I kept finding Uh, again and again with people saying, but he's so young. Like I realize there's a lot of young players in the game and now it's the exact opposite. He's 37 and people are going, I can't believe he can do this at 37. It's it's this amazing stretch. But I mean, this is really the next era, right? I'm gonna let you explain it because you're gonna do it better than I will. I just have numbers that make me feel (laughs) slightly more comfortable. (laughs) This is my security blanket.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash BlueWire. That's harrys.com slash BlueWire for a $3 trial set.
1: <laughs> they missed the playoffs in his second season, uh, and then he went on to, he was part of the All-Star Games uh, in 2006. He was the All-Star MVP after scoring like 31 points. Uh, he also was second in... In the NBA Most Valuable Player award, behind Steve Nash, like he's so good out the
3: gate. Yeah, the MVP award that they gave to Steve Nash that Kobe should have got. Yeah, yeah, we're
1: gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into those those controversies uh, later in the episode. Spoiler: uh, We're going to focus a lot on MVPs in a bit. But yeah so he wins that one he goes to the playoffs in that 2006 season and he he does well they they lose to the Detroit Pistons in the second round but he has like this just on fire game winner shot the first of his career in game three against the Washington Wizards LeBron is the fucking real deal like it's it's electric it's beautiful to watch he understands the game so well his court vision is so good he's a
3: basketball robot I remember last year In a press conference, he literally just detailed everything that happened in the game in the first quarter. And this was hours after the game was (laughs) over. And it's like, dude, how do you remember? You play so many basketball games. How do they not run together? He literally detailed every play in the first quarter. and He's like, yeah, that's why we lost. And I was like, this dude is just, he's lasered in, focused. And those Washington Wizards team that he beat in the playoffs, I really think that was a big deal because that team was a very high scoring team at the time. Gilbert Arenas was like at his peak. I mean, this was, these were the days where Gilbert Arenas was dropping like 40, 50 on Kobe. Like, that 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 was the guy agent zero and so for lebron to take this Cavs team and to beat that wizards team that definitely had them outmatched in in a in a seven game series is crazy to me and to play the pistons who at the time were really like the eastern conference dynasty at that point i mean they won a championship at 04 and um and then they they were going to the finals repeatedly so for that to be the team like i think they did they take them to what six games
1: yeah no he's just i mean it's just incredible i mean to take the Cavs at all to the playoffs was a fucking feat to get them deep into the playoffs. Also insane. I mean, 2008, 2009, he lost, I believe to Dwight Howard for the defensive award for that year. He was doing everything. I mean, no, he played point guard for a stretch. (laughs) There were so many injuries on the Cavs that they were like, LeBron, can you play point guard? And he said, yeah, sure. I'll do that. And he did it so fast. Fucking good.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the season that really solidified him was 07 when he took them to the finals and they got swept by the Spurs because no one had them picked coming out of the East. Like no basketball insider. I mean, even the Cavs couldn't believe they were there. Like that they they knew they weren't even supposed to be on the court. And that's why the, the Spurs, you know, <laughs> fucked them up. But it was like it was like one of those things, like I think the whole league was on notice. Is like, okay this dude is as good as everybody's saying it. And like, even there's even a video, you can look it up. Like after the Spurs swept him, Tim Duncan said like, yo, this is going to be your league in a, in a minute. Just let me get my shit really quick. Like, <laughs> so like that, that's crazy. <laughs> like, that's crazy to me that like, even like Tim Duncan saw this and this 21 year old at the time, like you're, you're the best. But you know, he took that team there literally by himself. I think the second best player on that team, if I'm not wrong, was Booby Gibson. Maybe. I think that was like the second best player. And it was Ilgalskis even on that team or was he on in Miami at that point? And was Sasha Pavlovich on this team?
1: Yeah, Sasha Pavlovich
3: was on there.
1: Yeah, he took a fucking team of just, you know, misfit toys to to the finals. I mean, yeah, they got swept by the Spurs. Nobody's shocked by that. But God damn, he's just so.
3: The best team and the best coach, like of course.
1: I mean, Popovich is definitely. If you're gonna make a Mount Rushmore of basketball coaches, it, it pops on there.
3: Yeah, it's him, Phil, and everybody else. Like that's really <laughs> exactly. It. And so if that's they took all that to sweep a 21 year old kid basically by himself, and I, I think that that 21 years kind of what solidified him at that point, and then those next two years in Cleveland, I mean those were, those two were crazy. Those because I think they were the number one seed back to back from 2008 to 2010. Um, they won like 60-plus games both seasons, but then they got put out in the playoffs, like you said, by the Magic in 9 I believe.
1: And then in 10, uh, I believe they were bounced by the Celtics.
3: Yeah, in the second round. They didn't even make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And so th- those two years sucked as a basketball fan cause, because of those dumb puppet commercials, we all wanted to see Kobe LeBron in the finals. And so... <laughs> Kobe got there both seasons it was but LeBron was on the calves so he couldn't really hold up his end of the deal so Dwight we saw Dwight Howard in the finals who wants to see that shit but yeah and I, I still to this day remember where I was uh when LeBron hit that three-pointer to beat the Magic in the playoffs uh that buzzer beater
1: oh yeah that was I mean that was a sh- like that was on every fucking channel I think yeah
3: I had a I had a friend over and we were chilling and we had like, I think we had football practice or basketball practice or something. And like, he literally was like, LeBron's going to hit a three to win the game. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. And then he did it. And we were just like, what the, like, I mean, we went crazy. Like I was like 14, 15, but that shit was wild. And like, I remember like the, the shot was just crazy. I mean, the magic couldn't have defended it any better. They, they did everything they could do, but he's just LeBron James.
1: There's something about those shots. Like I think Luca had one in the bubble where it was just one of those shots where it's just that like, step back
3: three was nasty. God, there's nothing, there just, was nothing Reggie Jackson could do.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things. That like, yeah, you can't do anything else. Like that ball was destined to go into the hoop. Like, that's fate. You're going up against, like, forces you do not understand. <laughs>
2: exactly. Which was one of the things I did to prepare for this was just watch a ton of tape, uh, which, which was amazing. But what was so interesting to me was, now as you had mentioned his memory, and it seemed like he knew where absolutely everything was all of the time. All the time.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with LeBron. Certain players always have their best seasons with him. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, so I'm very familiar with the point guard, Mo Williams. He's from Jackson, uh he wore he would work out at the gym i worked at in high school he even he brought lebron one time i wasn't working that day unfortunately but like he turned he turned mo williams into an all star and outside of that two seasons he played with lebron he has never put up all-star numbers ever but he turned Mo Williams into like a star point guard and made him look really good. And like, that's just, that's just how LeBron plays. He knows where everybody needs to be at all times. He knows where everybody's supposed to be. And then he's like the best passer since Magic Johnson. That's the thing nobody really talks about as much is like this dude's so good at everything else. People forget like his best attribute is literally passing the ball.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, that's what I love about uh you know John Morant right now with the Grizzlies. I
3: love John Morant.
1: The basketball IQ to be able to see the court and just know like you're a conductor. You know where everything is going to go. You know where yeah. they're going to be. You know where your guys are going to be, and you see the plays before they have. It's it's when you're that good at basketball. Like I don't understand how you know there's an IQ to it. Like the a basketball IQ is definitely a thing. Like you can not, you can suck at everything else, but there are players ju- just know this sport and s- like on a level you just can't comprehend.
3: And like it's really one of those things you can't really teach. And like I'm not going to act like I'm some basketball savant, but I remember uh, my freshman year of high school, we had a little basketball team and we went undefeated like we won every single game and we weren't like the most athletic team in the world or the biggest team in the world but like literally everybody in that starting 5 just knew how to hoop like they knew where to be and that's just one of those things you can't really like teach unless you like really watch basketball a lot and if you look at LeBron like that dude loves basketball he's not just really good at it he loves it like you can tell like you can if you follow him on Instagram he watches the games of other teams. Like if the Pistons and the Wizards are playing, LeBron watches the game. No, most basketball fans wouldn't even waste time watching the Pistons and the Wizards play, but LeBron will watch the game and be like, all right, he should have did that. He should And that's why he's the best. He studies this shit.
1: He's not just a great player. He is a a great fan. You said something about how it can be taught into cross sports uh, here for a second. There was a little bit where Mark McGuire was a hitting coach. Yeah. And, the players, like, he would go up to them and he would just, he couldn't explain to them how to hit a fast, like, he's just like, do it.
3: Just yeah. just <laughs> do it. You want to hear something crazy? Yes, I'd love to. My dad and Mark McGuire won two state baseball championships together in high school. Great. I love That's that. That's amazing. Yeah, my, my, dad, my dad and Big Mac played high school ball together.
1: Oh, uh, back when he was not a fucking tree of a man.
3: <laughs> he was pretty big for a high school kid, though. I've oh, seen yeah. the not pictures. Sure. But yeah, my my dad played short and I think Mark might played first or third, I can't remember. But yeah, they played high school ball together. That's so cool. God, that's
1: that's insanely cool. But it's just like that thing like he could not explain to people just like be insanely talented. Like yeah. he, he couldn't understand why they <laughs> do were steroids. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, that, that can't that can be taught.
3: Right. Yeah, no, I got, I got love I got love big for a big man.
1: Oh I I mean we we did a whole episode on the home run race. And oh, it was, that's good. I was so, It was a very fun episode. It was one of our first ones, and it was it was just a blast.
3: I'm gonna go back and listen to that. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was a good time. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's wild. And he had these great seasons. But then we mentioned getting bounced by the Celtics in 2010. Andrew, uh, you wanted to talk about this next. You want to focus on this next part. So 2010, bounced by the Celtics. Please tell me. What happened next?
2: Okay, so (laughs) this was one of those things where uh, I I got to uh, talk to Wen beforehand and say, explain to me why this was a thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, audience, my my job here is just to ask questions that I think you are also wondering. Uh, Because from my understanding, as, as I watched this, this was really dramatic, but to me, someone who wasn't following this felt like, just a, a trade obviously this was a, a decision for him to leave but the level of betrayal from fans was nothing i'd ever seen before it's crazy yeah i mean it was it actually was amazing i guess for someone who wasn't even following this to see the level of light like, but i for for me it was just a but he's just going to another team right he's yeah he's still going to play basketball right. you can go watch him do that on that team um so i, I talked to Wen, and, and he gave a, a good breakdown of how this was the uh, really the change to when the Players started forming their own ultimate team
3: it was a complete shift in basketball culture that's like one thing about like so interesting about lebron he really facilitated the players having the power in the nba with that literally one moment and, and nothing's been nothing in the nba has been the same since that night
2: and that's that felt like a good thing to someone again who's outside and watching this felt like it was amazing
3: i think it's a good thing if you're not, if you a Cleveland Cavs fan, of course it's not a good thing. Because I mean, if you if you look at stats, 2010 was the best year he had with Cleveland. Just like statistically like as an individual, the way the team was playing, I mean, I remember they had, like, a highlight video people would just watch of, like, that team. Because I remember that that Cavs team had this thing they would do, like, before games where LeBron would pretend he was a photographer, and they would all, like, pose for pictures and shit, like, before the game. (laughs) And that was when, like, he had a handshake with everybody. That's when, like, that really started. Like, the team was just really fun to watch. And you would forget, like, nobody else on this team is good, but they're the best team (laughs) in the NBA regular season-wise. But, like, nobody could beat the Cavs at home. I think they only lost, like, eight home games that year. I think they won at least, like, 35 home games or some shit. Like, it was it was ridiculous. Like, they could not lose at home. They sold out every home game that year. And I remember they had these shirts that said, it was like, I love Cleveland, but LeBron's face was the heart. And they were, like, the most popular <laughs> shirt in Cleveland. And, I mean, they were the best team in the NBA. So imagine being a Cleveland fan. You don't have shit. You're the best team in the NBA, you have a bad playoffs, and then the dude, that's the reason why you're the best team in the NBA is just like, peace.
1: So LeBron became an unrestricted free agent in 2010, that summer, which means he had his choice of what teams to go to, and he's the best player in the world. People want to know where LeBron James is going to go. The thing is, he said, oh, okay, he's a good player. Like, I think he's a good guy. I think he's, he's, you know, at his core, he's a good person. And he thought this is a great opportunity to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club. And so he said he was going to do an ESPN television special to announce his decision. It raised $2.5 million. And I'll speak for myself. I thought for certain that the fact that he was going to do a TV special about it, just meant that he was going to go out there and say, I'm staying, and have everyone just be like, of course he's staying. He did a whole TV special.
3: That's what everybody thought.
1: <laughs> everyone thought that. Everyone thought that, like, you're not going to do a TV special and leave. Like, that That was another reason why people were so mad, because, like, he had, had all of this, like, pomp and, 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 you know, everything. Like, just everyone was just focused on, yes, of course he's going to do this so he could do a good guy move and say I'm staying, and have everyone celebrate, and then they'll figure out how to become a team that can actually win a championship down the road
3: sometime. I remember I was on vacation with my family the night that happened, and I'm talking the night that happened, like some tragic thing. It's just a, it's just a dude switching jobs, Jesus. But I remember we were on vacation, we were at the beach, and I remember looking at the TV. And there's people, like, at bars all over the country in LeBron clothes watching the TV for this TV special. Like, they're watching the Super Bowl. I was like, this dude has the most influence in the world. This is crazy. And then when you think about it, nobody had ever done anything like this before. No. Because most guys that are the best player in the league at the time or the biggest player, usually on a pretty good team. So unrestricted free agent, you know, you just re-sign, you know. And so I feel like that's what everybody expected him to do. And I had a feeling... He was doing the Miami thing when uh, the day before Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade announced that they were signing, like D-Wade was re-signing with the Heat and Bosh was signing with the Heat. And then I was like, well, they have one more max slot. It'd be crazy, but, like, it's definitely a possibility. And so when he did it, I was like, this is going to be something people have never seen before.
1: I mean, people lost their goddamn minds. I remember I was in a bar in Memphis uh, with my family because I was, you know, like, 18 or something at the time, 17. But I was I was with them eating dinner, and, like, we were just, like, focused on it. And the whole place lost its goddamn mind. But no one lost their mind more
3: than Cleveland. Yeah, they were trashing <laughs> shit, burning <laughs> shit. And, like, their ESPN had cameras everywhere, so, like, you would see people's reactions. And so, they, I mean, they were going just insane, throwing shit. It was like they lost a game, but honestly, they lost something bigger than a game. Like, they, yeah. they, <laughs> they knew how bad the team was going to be the next year.
1: It completely shook the NBA because it wasn't the Heat going around and being like, they didn't really set this up themselves.
3: No, because apparently he still wasn't sure if he was going to go through with it, like going into the special starting. He told them, I guess he had told them like a soft agreement, but he also said, I still might stay so that the heat pat riley still didn't even know 100 if he was going to choose the heat so there was like apparently all his friends say like that it was a chance he still was going to stay in cleveland before he said it and so when you when you look at his face when he says it you can even tell it's like what i'm about to say is really about to fuck some shit up like you could like it, it, it looked like he didn't want to say it i don't think he did want to say it you know like they're they you know that
1: man does love cleveland he loves it he does he loves Ohio. But he, he made that decision, and everyone just gave him shit. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, Cleveland was burning his jerseys and everything, but you have Magic and Jordan.
3: Imagine working a job for seven years. You give everything to this job, and you just don't really like the location, and it's not really working out for you. And then you say, I'm going to move to a city with better weather and work with my friends, and millions of people are like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> like, that's literally what happened to him. Like, he just switched locations. Imagine working at a Starbucks
1: and being like, I'm going to actually switch over to the one on third, and everyone just, like, started flipping tables and, and burning shit. And throwing shit at you <laughs> and
3: saying, we're going to kill your family and crazy shit like that. And and uh, what a lot of people forget is, because he was so dominant and he was the best player in the league, he was 25. Yes! <laughs> I'm 25 now. I could never imagine that
2: much pressure over choosing somewhere where to live. Well, I mean, that's a, a really good point, too. And when they, he made this announcement, there was also this switch afterwards from what I saw where at first, obviously people were upset about the decision itself, but suddenly became very upset about the fact that he televised it the way he did, as if this was personal rather than the fact that he did this for charity. It was like he saw an opportunity and he did this to help people, even though obviously he knew this was going to get more shit from this, but...
3: <laughs> I think what got him more shit was when they did the whole theatrical thing like two days later when they both they all three had the jerseys on oh, and they yeah. come on stage yeah. with the smoke and then he's talking about not five not six not seven when he said that shit i was like oh no oh god <laughs>
1: it was it was so over the top but also it kind of defined that miami heat era i mean you have like magic johnson and michael jordan both being like condemning him being like oh, you can't win as the man. And it's just like, no one can anymore. No Because this move completely shifted the NBA. They went and formed a super team and people have been forming super teams ever since. Ever
3: since. Ever
1: since. It was essentially like the invention of the atomic bomb. Like now everyone's got to have one if you're going to start right. shit.
3: Everybody wants to use nuclear warfare now. Yeah. Because LeBron <laughs> did. That's what it is. There, nobody, we're not playing fair. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I mean, look what just happened with Brooklyn like exactly tonight's going to be the first time Kyrie James and KD all play on the court together so this it should be very interesting
1: yeah y'all are listening to the future so y'all know how this game's going to turn out but I can tell you right now I'm going to maybe look like an idiot but I'm going to tell you the Nets are going to win this game and if y'all are listening in a few weeks and I'm wrong then fuck it who cares I'm a comedian I don't give a shit <laughs> right.
3: right but yeah I, I just Le- LeBron really turned the NBA on its head with that one that one decision and I think For him to be 25, he was always this beloved, like, kid from high school, hometown hero type thing. You go to Miami, now you're the villain. Nobody's rooting for you anymore.
1: And he embraced it. Yeah,
3: he became a better player because of it.
1: Oh, he was playing angry and you could tell like you can tell like there's definitely something about the miami era lebron that is Mm -hmm. angrier and way more aggressive in his playing style if you're watching it you could see him just like fucking staring dudes down and shit Mm -hmm. because you know what it was just this attitude just like you're gonna make me the bad guy fuck it i'm the bad guy
3: (laughs) that series where they were down three two to boston and I think it might have been 2012. And when they they had to win game six in Boston to just have a shot and to do a game seven in Miami, he scores 47 in three quarters. And he was just unstoppable. And there was this look on his face that was just like, I don't care who's on the court. Nobody's stopping me. You could have the same jersey on as me. Don't get in my way. Yeah. Get the fuck out of <laughs> my way. And like, that's when I, when I saw that. I was like, this dude's the best. They, nobody, nobody does this. This is crazy. And and I feel like I think he needed going to Miami because I think staying in Cleveland and just being on these bad teams over and over again, I think he was just going to keep having an excuse to keep losing and just, oh, I'm the best player on the bad team, blah, blah, blah. But I think being in Miami with that extra added pressure of like, all right, now you got D-Wade. Now you got Chris Bosh. Now you got Pat Riley pulling the strings. If you lose, it's your fault. There's no more excuses. I think put a lot of pressure on him that just made him just a way better player and just more fun to watch too. I think he added more to his game with his jump shot with the way he ran the offense on defense, everything.
1: I mean, pressure makes diamonds, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, and I, I think this is an important shift in the game, but also a good point to time to introduce where it actually went wrong here because the 09 2010 season, he wins MVP. And this is now the new era in 2011 here. And this is where it starts to go wrong really, despite his game improving. Uh, so Niles, where did it go wrong? The league made him pay. That's right. <laughs> the league made him pay
3: for going to Miami. They said, "All right, no more MVP trophies. This, that's it." Right. Because I think I think he won the MVP in 2011, the first year they were there, and I think just because they had to give it to him because he was just head and shoulders better statistically than everybody. Just
1: fucking incredible.
3: <laughs> but after that year, you know, KD is playing better. James Harden goes to Houston, you know, there's players playing good around the NBA. And I think the league kind of did this thing where it was just like, if guys have stats anywhere close to what LeBron just does on the daily, that's the MVP. (laughs) And the MVP since about 2012 till now, because I think LeBron should have been MVP last year. LeBron
1: won 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2013.
3: Yeah. So about since 2012, 2013, after he won the first championship, the league was like, all right, nah, we're no more MVP trophies for you. And it's like these guys will put up stats close to what LeBron puts up and they're like, all right, you're the best player now. But then they play LeBron in the playoffs or they don't even make it to the championship. And it's like, this guy is, LeBron is the best guy. What are you doing? Like, (laughs) these these dudes are doing second tier LeBron numbers you you're giving it to a guy that's close to LeBron, and so I just think it's like the closest player to LeBron award now.
1: Exactly. They they're
3: not they're not even going to give it to him.
1: They lose that first finals. His first finals in Miami, they lose to the Dallas Mavericks. Dirk gets a ring, and you know what? Good for Dirk.
3: Crazy playoffs, yeah. insane playoffs. Yeah. That dude had a crazy playoffs. They go
1: back to back on on just dom like just dominating. Like you guys you guys you know recently are aware of the Warriors. It's like that. It's just yeah. you're getting steamrolled every
3: night yeah 2012 2013 Miami that was crazy
1: oh yeah and then once again 2013 2014 they play the Spurs in the finals and they lose that you know it was a great run I mean two uh, back-to-back championships is fantastic it's the dream if you're a player
3: it's very hard to do
1: three peats are are a rarity for a reason it's nigh impossible to be able to do it but he gets those two rings and he has those two losses but he's been in the finals this whole time and then The next thing that happens is he releases a personal essay in Sports Illustrated where he tells them, you know, he's coming home. He's going back to Cleveland.
3: Yeah, he he learned his lesson. No more TV specials. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: He is not going to put it on television. He's going to write a very, very nice letter to Sports Illustrated explaining that he's going back to the Cavs. And all of a sudden, people are just trying to sew back up ripped
3: jerseys. Right. Oh, (laughs) shit. We love you again. Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Sure you do.
1: Like, oh, we're so we're so sorry. We built an entire life-size replica of you and burnt it in effigy. Uh yeah. we're glad to have you <laughs> back, buddy.
3: I mean, I was reading shit where like the economy in like downtown Cleveland tanked for those years he wasn't there. Cause it was literally the bars, the restaurants, everything, all the attractions were built around going to see LeBron play basketball or just being close to that. And so when he came back, like the economy shot right back up again.
2: This is one of the things that is is so hard for me to understand. I I moved around a reasonable amount of good, not too much, but enough that there wasn't, you know, every four or five years or something, there's a shift. So there was never that town loyalty. And now I'm in Chicago. I, I love it here, but this is very much like, oh, this is a great place to start comedy. And I'm really enjoying the city, but Try to understand the connection of like, no, you're playing for our city, you owe us. It's like every comedian I know, once they get good, they leave Chicago, you go to New York or LA, that's just what the job is. And th- this was so, insane for me to watch where the conditionality of this love, it's like you are a favorite person in the world as long as you are nearby at all times.
3: Because <laughs> I went, I, before I dropped out of college, I was going to school in Oklahoma. So I was in Oklahoma like when KD and Russ was doing that thing and everything. And then uh, I remember I moved to L.A. And then I dropped out, moved to L.A. And then the next year, KD left Oklahoma, moved to California, too. And I was like, yeah, bro, I get it. I completely get it. (laughs) Like, I I lived in Oklahoma. That shit sucks. And it's just like to be in your 20s and have millions of dollars and you live in a suburb in Oklahoma City, (laughs) like give the dude a break. Like, of course, he wants to go to San Francisco and Brooklyn. Like, you no one wants to live and nobody wants to live in Oklahoma City. (laughs) <laughs> like you you live in Oklahoma City because you were born in Oklahoma City and there's not a way out like that's sorry to any right. of the listeners if you from OKC you know I'm telling the truth
2: 90% of our audience is from Oklahoma City this is going to devastate my bad, bad yo canceling <laughs> Niles Abston
1: <laughs> but the thing is in his absence the Cavs were fucking terrible as we know Horrible. but they got those high draft picks they got Kyrie now he's going back to a team that has now learned how to win games without him so they come back and they're good he continues his reign of going to the finals they lose to the Warriors that first year
3: should have won that year
1: they should have won that one but they had injuries
3: Kyrie hurt his knee Kevin Love hurt his shoulder that should have been them I mean LeBron took the Warriors to six games and the next best player I think was Timofey Mozgov he averaged 20 and what's Mozgov
1: doing (laughs) Like once again, he played with LeBron. That's why he averaged exactly.
3: 20. LeBron averaged 38 or 39 that series or some some crazy shit like that. I mean, he was he was dominant. That was a great series to watch, too.
1: He lost, and they were still just like, do we give him finals MVP?
3: Yeah, they still wanted to give him finals MVP. That's the wild thing about it. Should have gave him league MVP.
1: You know, if you want to hear my most controversial basketball opinion, it is that season, if Tony Allen. And Mike Conley were both healthy, the Grizzlies would have made it to that finals. That's not
3: controversial at all.
1: Oh, I'll tell some people that and they fight me on it. But if those two were healthy, <laughs> they had the Warriors number that whole that whole
3: series. The Grizzlies had a couple couple years where I really think they should have beat Golden State. I think y'all had a really solid squad with Conley, Tony Allen, Zebo, Mark Gasol. Like, those teams were really good. But that year, yeah, if they're healthy, if Tony Allen... If, if even, I feel like if just Tony Allen's healthy, they win that series.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Mike Conley was wearing the mask. He, like, he had this amazing game, I believe, in, in that series where he came out wearing the mask because his face was still broken. And he just put up insane numbers. It was the most fun game of basketball I've ever watched in my entire life. I definitely think they would have won. But, yeah, the Cavs losing the finals. LeBron puts up those insane numbers. But then... The next season happens. The next finals, once again, it's a rematch with the Warriors and they go down three games to one.
3: That series made him the greatest basketball player of
1: all time, in my, in my opinion. It's a fucking death sentence, three games to one. Like No one has ever come back from it in basketball. Only LeBron.
3: Nobody's ever done it in basketball. He did it on the highest level of basketball against the unanimous MVP. And I, and I, I love Steph Curry. I think he's really good, but he's I just, incredible. I don't think unanimous MVP was. I just I think the media loves media loves a new story, and Lebron Lebron being good gets boring sometimes. I guess.
2: So is is that how this is justified? Because if I'm going through numbers here, it was just as you said, Niles. All the numbers are just slightly worse than Lebron for everyone who's getting the MVP over him. And it's like, oh wow, if you're getting those numbers. You're really good, but also there's a guy here who's doing better so how is this justified who's also five years older than you are right (laughs) so how is this i mean obviously with all the fans agreeing he's he's the greatest how is this then justified this is just well we can't keep doing this It's going to get boring if he's mvp every year is that basically it
3: they did the same thing to kobe they only gave kobe one yeah kobe might be the third or fourth best basketball player of all time and he only has one MVP. They gave one he should have won the Dirk in 2007. And then they gave one he should the Steve I think the 05 one, Kobe should have won. I'll give Steve Nash 06. But 05, Kobe averaged 35 a game. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like it should have
1: it should have been. The fact that Kobe didn't only won MVP award is insane. It's absolutely insane. But like, just the idea of LeBron had this amazing season in that that championship. I mean, they have something called the block. That block on Igadala was one of the most iconic moments in sports. It sealed game seven. You could say the block and everyone knows who's a sports fan knows. Like, you guys can't see it at home, but I have an Alabama thing behind me. It's like saying kick six. Like, you know, you know exactly what that play was just from hearing a few words. And it was it was incredible. And yeah, he won finals. MVP that year but you have to remember he scored like 41 points back to back to get them in there he had that insane block and he kept getting into the finals with essentially you know Kyrie was there for a bit but like not really a lot of support
3: yeah and people forget about the season after the season when Kyrie left so the KD comes in 2017 right and they get beat four one I mean that that Warriors team is like that's unmatched like it just that team there's really nothing you can do Kyrie asked for a trade and leaves. So a lot of people forget 2018 Cleveland gets the fourth seed in the playoffs and goes to the finals like that. LeBron, what LeBron did that year was literally like, all right, we're not the best in the world. We don't have Kyrie. Basically, I'm going to kind of coast and save my body. Fuck the seeding. When we get to the playoffs, I'm going to destroy everybody. And that's exactly (laughs) what he did. I mean, they were fourth place. People were talking about, oh, the Raptors are the best team in the East. The Raptors are going to win the championship. All right. Okay. I don't know if it was four games or five games. I just know they didn't even have a shot. And this was the number one team in the East. And LeBron just ran through that that whole eastern side of the playoffs by himself, basically, with J.R. Smith in 2018.
1: When it comes to the MVP award, it becomes narrative because it stands for most valuable player. It doesn't say player with the best numbers it doesn't say player with the most fun story behind him for this season it's not like oh this guy came out of nowhere and he scored a bunch of points and we're going to reward that this guy averages
3: a triple double but his team doesn't win
1: exactly he is the most valuable player to be able to take a terrible Cavs team to the finals means he provides the most value to that team he was going to will the Lakers with that first year he was with them to the playoffs, even though they were terrible. If he didn't get injured, he would have done it. But
3: <laughs> I, I really feel like if because Le- the way that team was playing right before Lonzo and LeBron got hurt, you're, you you kind of see it like, oh, they could they could go deep in the playoffs. They just got to get there. They were going to do it, but you know, injuries you can't really you know, can't really do anything about that. But I feel like. But also, it's crazy if they do make the playoffs that year, it probably makes the AD trade a little more difficult to pull off because now it's like, well, he did get these young guys there. Should we just kind of see what happens and everything? But I feel like with the team really not even being able to do anything, pulling the trigger on on Anthony Davis.
1: It panned out well for him. But that moves to the Lakers, though. I think that's a good story because there was all this controversy behind the decision. But the man reshaped all of basketball in that call. People were then trying to make their own super teams. Players were going to where they knew they could get rings. It gave the players so much power that they didn't have. Before it was just like, oh, you were drafted into this franchise. You owe it to them to stay until they say they don't want you anymore.
3: Right. That's not the narrative anymore. Cause like even like kind of look what Kawhi did when he was nursing his quad back. He just sat. And I think you can do LeBron made a league where If you feel like your body isn't ready and you can't really be 100%, you can just sit out. And if that team has a problem with it, you'll leave. And I I feel like... Look, the players have that kind of power now. And if we're being honest, like who who else should have the power but the people really entertaining us out right. there?
1: Yeah, do not get mad that the people who are putting their bodies out there and actually playing the sport want to have something behind it that fuels that fire. I mean, exactly. LeBron did not want to be somebody who went to the finals every year and gave it a good run. He wanted a championship. Kevin Durant did not want to be somebody who just went to a good playoff run every year.
3: I don't fault KD at all. I mean, just like, think about everybody. That's everybody's dream. I just want to work with my friends and have fun. (laughs) Exactly. But when these basketball players do it, it's like, nah, fuck you, man. But it's like, if somebody was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you a promotion, you can work with your best friend every day. You're taking that. You're taking that every time. We're going to pay you more money and
1: let all of your dreams come true. And you're supposed to say, no, fuck that. This place I didn't live in until four years ago really believes in me.
3: (laughs) Yo, that's that's real. Because, like, I'll meet people, like, who are, like, these big Lakers fans. And I'm like, you just moved to L.A. like two weeks ago. What are you talking about? LeBron needs to get his shit together. You need to get a bed frame. Like, stop. (laughs) Chill out. But I, that LeBron's first year in L.A., I heard some wild shit. We need to trade him. He's not good to mix with these young players. And I, all right, stop. <laughs> let's
1: stop. Yeah, people were thinking this weird timetables thing. They were just like, LeBron's getting old, and it's just like, he's LeBron James. Once again, most <laughs> valuable player when that first year with the Lakers, and especially last year. I mean, let's face it. If you want to say most valuable player, does the bubble happen without LeBron? No, that's the that's the thing. I think LeBron was a driving factor in us even getting the end of the NBA season last year.
3: If if LeBron James says he doesn't want to play, what happens? (laughs) Exactly. Like some players tried it. Right. I can't remember who it was. May have been Patrick Beverly, but he straight up said in an interview, if LeBron says we playing, we playing. Like, that's what he said, because they were asking, like, do you want to go to the bubble? Do you have a – he's just straight up, if LeBron James is playing in the bubble,
2: we're all going to the bubble. Oh, I, I think that speaks to the importance, too, of what he did in changing the game and giving agency to the players. And people are so dismissive of this, being like, well, they're paid millions. It's like, yeah, but you obviously still want to do the, the job you want to do. There's Millions is, is great. I would love to be getting paid millions. I'll do a lot of jobs for millions. Yeah,
3: but mil- millions in Minneapolis, Minnesota, playing for the Timberwolves. I'm yeah, right. I'm good.
2: And having that agency, that level of control, uh, says a lot. And obviously, it should be in the players' hands, especially because yeah, so I many people are young; they're kids when they're getting started. And the fact that he was in a position that he could be like, "No, this is we're going to let some of the players decide here," and the players are obviously following LeBron. It was great.
3: I think it's so dope how he's brought his friends along for the journey too. You know, Absolutely. a lot of these guys he played ball with in high school and friends he's had since like right after high school. I mean, his best friend is his agent, like his other really good friend right. is his business manager. And, and like, look at what his, the agency clutch sports has done. I mean, his, like his friend, Rich Paul is, I mean, he's a smart guy in his own right. But of course, you know, having LeBron connections can give you an, a, another level. And so, I mean, like you can tell the NBA hates it. All these guys, they hate that shit. But I mean, cause like you have an agency where you're like, yeah, I'm LeBron's best friend. So yeah, you got Ben Simmons signed there now. You got Lonzo Ball. You got Anthony Davis. You got all these people that are signed at the, at this company now. It's brand new, and they're taking on the CAAs of the world. You know, I think it's it's crazy. And it's all because this one guy was like, well, I want to do it with my friends. So
1: I think it's so dumb when people get mad or like, well, you get paid so much money. Why are you going to do this? I'm just like, yeah, but like, no one's just like, Hey, Adam Sandler, you're getting paid all this money. Why are you making Koobie Halloween? And it's like, cause that's the movie. That's the movie he fucking <laughs> wanted to make. Like
3: and every one of his friends was in that movie. Exactly. <laughs> I say that all the time to make it in comedy. It's either work really hard or time travel 20 years back and become friends with Adam Sandler. That's how you make <laughs> it. <in comedy. laughs> let's be real some of those guys should not have careers but they had the right friend <laughs> yes I'm talking about Rob Schneider next next Rob,
1: Rob Schneider. <laughs> but like back to basketball just Giannis is incredible and yes like he put up great numbers last year LeBron's were LeBron's were just as good he's the reason we probably even got to finish the season not only was he the most valuable player to the Lakers to the NBA like He's also, he made the whole thing happen. We finished the season on the power of LeBron being like, oh, let me, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make the bubble happen. Telling players, you're going to sit in Disney World for three months and you're going to fucking like it. You're going to fucking like it. You're going (laughs) to sit in that hotel
3: room and quarantine. And if you bring a girl back to the room, you're getting suspended. Like that's, that's what happens. Only LeBron can do it. I think the media and sports pop culture entertainment I think we love like a a new era so like guys like Giannis Luca they really I think with them kind of bringing this foreign style of NBA like basketball I think the media really likes it so it's like we can give the reins to this global star now like this is cool like so I think a lot of times we're just like quick to like dethrone somebody when and also put probably put a lot of pressure on people before they're even ready. I mean, the they tried to do it to Kobe when LeBron was young, too. Like, they're like, LeBron's better than Kobe. I was like, hey, chill. He just graduated high school. Stop. Like, right. let's, <laughs> let's give him some time. But I, they're, I, they're and trying I, to
1: force errors. I mean, Derrick Rose. I mean, like, they gave Derrick
3: Rose that most valuable player. They should have probably gone to LeBron that year. LeBron should have won that one. And I, and I, I love Derrick Rose, I think he had a great season but he did not have a better season than LeBron. He was the second best player in the league that year. And it was really exciting to see a dude who was only 21 play point guard like that. Like, I I was having a lot of fun watching Derrick Rose, but at no point was I like, this guy's better than LeBron.
1: They have to have the narrative, and the narrative is it's more fun to give it to somebody else. And here's the
3: thing. I feel, you know how, like, there's that Madden curse where, like, if you're on the cover of Madden, some fucked up shit happens to you, like, the next season? I always feel bad for the guy that gets it over LeBron, because LeBron will always make a point to show I am better than you. Like, Steph twenty, <laughs> like when Steph, when Steph won the MVP, that 2015 finals, Steph Curry didn't win the finals MVP. Nope. They gave it to Iguodala. Why did they give it to Iguodala? Because he guarded LeBron the best. Exactly. They gave it to the guy that guarded LeBron, and then when we go look at the numbers, LeBron was still dropping 40 on this guy. He held LeBron to 40 points, and they gave him the MVP. That's how good LeBron is. And so it's just like Steph Curry did. They think won that finals, but Steph Curry didn't really get the shine. Like it was LeBron's moment the entire time. Giannis didn't even make it to the finals after winning MVP. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like LeBron is gonna show you he's the best every time. Like when I always feel bad. Like that's why I hope like Luke, like Luca, or somebody. Like I'm I'm scared one of these dudes is gonna win it at too young, and LeBron is just gonna embarrass them. Cause like that's <laughs> like when Chicago came to Miami when they when D Rose when at MVP, like LeBron was guarding him in the fourth quarter. It's like, when do you see LeBron guard somebody who's six foot one? This isn't right.
1: <laughs> he just does it with hate in his heart. And you, exactly. and you appreciate the hustle.
3: I remember, you remember the Lynn Sanity? Remember Lynn Sanity? Yeah, I remember, remember Lynn Jer- Sanity. Remember when Jeremy Lynn was just killing everybody and then the heat came to, them, to Madison Square Garden and they put an end to that shit? It was like LeBron was like, I'm going to embarrass you in front of everybody because they're talking about you more than they're talking about (laughs) me. And that's not okay."
1: The talent. I mean, just the talent Four MVP awards is great. It's it's severely underrated. Every year he was in Cleveland, he was the most valuable player in the NBA.
3: Every one of those Cleveland seasons from 2015 to 2018, 19, when he was there, he should have won MVP.
1: I mean, if you put any other great player in there, they don't do what they do. It's just, it's not gonna happen. And then also, we haven't even gotten into the fact, and we're not going to because we don't have time. He has two (laughs) gold medals. He should have won MVP so many times, but we're gonna let that lay because here's the thing we have another section in this show called In Their Defense. Where one of us has to defend this terrible decision. And I don't think it's going to be Andrew.
2: <laughs> it's not. I mean, I have opinions, but they're wrong. Uh, so please, one, one of you, what do you have in their defense? So, what are, who are we defending? The NBA for not giving him the, the award? That's what I go for. Yeah. How do you defend the NBA for pulling these MVP titles when he seems to have deserved it so often?
3: So, can you maybe pull up who's won MVPs, like in this kind of LeBron era at the time, like in the last. 8 9 years so I can kind of see who all has them.
2: Yeah, so 2013 on we've got from the 2012-13 season. It's LeBron, then Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Westbrook, James Harden, Giannis and Giannis. Yeah.
3: It just it if if you look at it it really turned into who's almost as good as LeBron. Steph Curry I I don't I'm trying to see who could I make the biggest argument for, because if you look at any of these guys, what did they really do in the playoffs after they won these things?
1: If you if you want me, I can make something up and I can take it. I can try to defend the NBA here.
2: I like that we had to defend burning witches, but this is the hardest one. Because he's <laughs> LeBron, man. Like
3: that. <laughs> LeBron James is probably more supernatural than any witch, man. Like,
2: <laughs> the way he plays basketball. All right, so, so when, what do you have then in their defense?
1: Okay, look... Without a doubt, LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time. You could say he is the greatest player of all time. But the thing is, is basketball is a game with, you know, upwards of 70 games a season, depending on what year you're going. You know, you, we have ebbs and flows just because of, uh, you know, player lockouts, pandemics, etc. It is not a sport designed for only diehard fans. There's so much to pay attention to. There is so much to keep your interest as a viewer. Like, yeah, you'll watch your team, but guess what? There's so many other teams, and we also want you to watch this product. If the entire league is built around one man, which we are arguing in this that it is, but if we're <laughs> saying that it's all going to be built around one man and only awards are going to be given to this one guy, well, guess what? You're saying that pretty much whoever is going to be living in the city that that man is playing in. Those are the only people who are going to probably pay attention. There's no fun in a playoff race where it's guaranteed to be LeBron, even if he's the best, because guess what? I'm over here watching John Moran going, he's putting up really good numbers and my love of basketball will improve more if he's given awards. Yeah. LeBron's probably the more valuable player.
3: John Morant's the next Iverson, bro.
1: I'm telling you. I definitely agree that he's probably the next Iverson, but I'm just saying that all these other fans need something to root for. And yes, LeBron's the best player, but he's only able to play in one city at a time. And and the narrative, yes, it is a narrative. It is fake. They got to
3: sell more NBA league passes.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Everyone needs to keep that hope alive. And if the hope isn't going to be that you have the best team that's going to win the championship, which you kind of know at the beginning of the season, if that's going to happen for you or not, you at least have the fun of being able to see, like, well, how good are these individual players going to do? And if the league just has a built-in thing of we're going to give it to LeBron because, yes, it's LeBron every year, you're going to bleed fans, you're going to bleed money, you're not going to be able to do the cap space you want, and you're not going to be able to have these teams be as good as they can be. Yeah, it sucks because he's the best player, but guess what? You're getting a better product by keeping it out of LeBron's hands and pretending that there's some more parity in this league, and that's my defense.
3: <laughs> that's real because I've always kind of thought the way they really push Luka and Giannis is really for this kind of global plan. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly, like, and it, they're is, playing, it is. They're a playing games in London and Africa and, uh, like, before the season starts and stuff like that so I think having a guy like Giannis who comes from Greece is like that's good that's good for the league you know yeah exactly
1: it's becoming a worldwide sport I mean China's like now one of the biggest like watchers of, of NBA basketball it's becoming more of a global sport more than anything else and you got to bring in more fans and you got to do it with compelling storylines because let's face it NBA, there's more background drama to NBA than any other sport. You know, football is you're watching the team, but NBA, you're watching the players, and you, you got to keep the storylines alive, and that is how I'm going to defend it, and I think that actually tracks. But well, what do you think, Andrew?
2: I believed it. I'm, I'm with you. My defense was not as good, and I am on board. I mean, it, it, you're right. It, it's better for the business of basketball, which honestly is necessary to keep basketball going. I, I am perfectly willing to accept that.
3: Well, hell yeah. As I get an email from NBA League Pass to, I can get seven days free. So look at that.
2: Ooh.
3: And look, and look who's on the picture. No LeBron. It's just Luca, James Harden, and Jimmy
2: Butler. Gotta
1: keep those storylines, man. Gotta it's keep all those storylines, It's a soap opera.
2: Well, I, I feel like that is a, a pretty efficient cover of LeBron James. I learned so much. Again, even, I, I love these episodes because I research when I can, but I don't get it. I actually get to understand things at the end of these episodes. So I enjoy them very much. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us five stars. It helps us out so much. And also, uh, please go listen to Niall Abson's album, Girls Don't Twerk to Jokes, and listen to uh, Clowncast, which you can find uh, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. Again, it's it's absolutely fantastic, so go get a listen. And uh, we're going to be back next week with Jean Marco Cerezi to talk about therapy and where it went wrong, which is a fantastic subject. With, uh, it's a wonderful thing that has an absolutely horrific history, so it's going to be really fun to get into uh, we hope you'll join us next week, and I'll see you next week, when Bye. Bye.